today on the podcast I am joined by Claudia Woodham and I was just saying it's so nice to have her on the podcast because we have followed each other for so many years I feel like we maybe started at a similar time um so it's really good to finally have a chat on the podcast so welcome do you want to introduce yourself and tell us what you do Thank you so much, Gemma. Yeah, I'm really excited to, to chat to you as well. I think we did start around the same time. Um, so yeah, I am a business and marketing strategist and I essentially help service providers and coaches and consultants to nail their sales content so that they can grow successful freedom-based businesses. And freedom is a word that I emphasize a lot because I've built my business on the idea of uh, the freedom to travel, location independence, and I myself am traveling full time with my partner and we have been for the last kind of um, more than two years. So I kind of help my clients not only nail their marketing and their sales, but also run their businesses in a way that align with those values of freedom. And you are such a good example of this. Like, I love following you because you're always in like a new country. You're taking your calls like by the pool. And I feel like so many people talk about freedom and the ability to do whatever you want. But I feel like you really practice what you preach. Yeah. And I, I think this has come from the fact that I I started this business because of the desire to travel. I mean, I, I started basically when... I was backpacking so I quit my corporate job back in 2018 um, so that I could go backpacking on this big trip that I'd been dreaming of for years and I had the most amazing time and had so much fun but the problem was in the back of my mind the whole time I was thinking obviously I can't do this forever like the money's going to run out um, I was getting odd jobs to kind of help me top up my savings as I went but that wasn't very practical because I kept getting stuck in places you know, doing bartending jobs, jobs that weren't great or well-paid. So I thought, you know, I, I really have to make sure that I really have to find something that's going to allow me to live this life on my own terms and actually maybe live in a little bit more comfort rather than just staying in hostels and things like that, which we were doing. So that's what kind of led me to go down the path of, right, What what is it that I can do to work online? And I started exploring a few things so the first thing I started doing was offering virtual assistance and social media management which I think is similar to kind of what what how you kind of started out Gemma right yeah yeah exactly the same yeah so yeah so it kind of um snowballed from there really so I started out offering a lot of different kind of marketing and social media type services and um, the business kind of kind of grew quickly and I, I got more into the marketing side of things. I, I did study marketing at university as well. So I was always more interested in that side. And as my business grew, I realized like, you know, I love teaching people. I love um, helping people strategize. Strategy is kind of my thing. So I went more into kind of coaching, teaching, consulting, mentoring. Um, so, yeah. Do you feel like you like looking back are you glad that you did the VA stuff and the social media and do you feel like it was a necessary part of the journey to get you where you are now or do you think that maybe you could have gone like straight in with being seen as some sort of expert in the marketing area I mean I had I the only kind of expertise I had was from my degree however looking back I actually don't think it taught me enough in the real world to really have that expertise to be able to teach other people. So no, I, I honestly think having that VA business 
taught me so much that I've been able to help my clients with and you know help other people with and I I don't think I would have been able to provide the same level of support as I do now without having that business so no I love that because I've been on like a similar journey like you said and I think in the moment I was thinking I don't think this is it like I think I should be doing something slightly different and in the moment I think I was maybe like wanting to skip ahead a few stages so I could get where I wanted to go but when I look back I'm like actually that was a really necessary part and like you said it teaches you so much doesn't it when you've been in different areas working with different clients figuring out all the different systems and stuff even if you don't necessarily use it all anymore I think like it just gives you such a wider knowledge to help your current clients 100% and you know I was doing a lot of marketing social media marketing for a range of different clients when I was a VA so like even just having that experience, firstly, marketing that business, but then secondly, working on the marketing on a range of other businesses, that's given me so much knowledge and so much depth of that knowledge that I have now been able to share with my current clients. 100%. One of the things that I love about following you is, like I said, you share a lot about traveling and you know, being with your boyfriend and being in different countries, you um, talk about money and stuff like that. And I personally love that. Like, I, I just really enjoy watching your kind of lifestyle. But do you ever get negativity from sharing so much? I mean, yes, <laughs> sometimes I do, um, particularly on TikTok, not so much on Instagram. I don't know what it is, but on Instagram, it seems to be like a very supportive community I've had the odd comment here and there but nothing too bad on TikTok there has been some haters you know some trolling but I I try not to let it get to me because a lot of the comments are mostly from people who just don't understand and haven't been exposed to this amazing world of online entrepreneurship that we're in and they just don't really understand you know what's out there what's possible and they they, they haven't adapted their mindset to that so I I'm always reminding myself that, you know, the people that are saying these things, they they don't really understand what it is. So therefore they make assumptions and judgments. So for example, you know, I'll have men commenting on my videos saying, you know, oh, daddy must have paid for it and things like that, which just makes me laugh really. I, th I find it quite entertaining for, that people still think in that way. It's crazy, isn't it? Because like, I really admire you being able to laugh at it but I think it would make me a little bit frustrated, you know, to work so hard and and to have people assume that about me. Like, does it does it not bother you at all? I'm not going to lie. When when I first started being exposed to that, that those kind of comments, yes, it did bother me because it because I'd never come across that before. You know, I'd never had somebody so openly say negative things to me. But I think the more you kind of realize that actually there's a lot more positive comments there than there are negative ones. And a lot of the time as well, you'll get negative comments and then the people will come along and back you up and say positive things and, you know, defend you. And these are strangers. And you realize that actually that's way more powerful than these little comments from people who just probably don't have too much going on in their own lives and they're just projecting. So I think there's a bit of a mindset shift that needs to happen. But once you're able to have that, you can then start sharing and posting more freely without worrying so much about what people are going to think of you yeah 
I really admire you've been able to deal deal with it in that way because I think it's a fear for a lot of people right like what if I post this and people hate me or say something bad and maybe it's one of those things that when it happens you see that actually it's not as bad as you made it in your head why do you think that it's so common on TikTok compared to other places I think the the primary reason is just the way that TikTok works so when you post on TikTok your videos are shown to new audiences rather than mostly your audience so for example if you post a reel on instagram it's going to go to firstly 80 percent of your audience that already follow you and then maybe it will get pushed out later on tiktok it's the opposite it gets pushed out first to people who don't follow you people who've never seen you before and it can end up reaching people who just are, are not your people and are probably never going to say anything nice to you so I think that's why it's more prevalent on TikTok. And there are other platforms that have a lot of negativity as well. So, you know, it can happen on YouTube as well. It can also, um, I've heard on Facebook, it can be quite bad. I don't really post on Facebook really um, personally, but I've heard that that can be really toxic too. Um, but I just think it's the way that the videos are are reaching people, to be honest. And that's why I think Instagram's a great place for community, because you have your people there that have chosen to follow you and they're less likely to call you out, I guess. Yeah, I, I agree so much. I feel like Instagram is like my little safe space where I can just go on and be myself and everyone's really nice. 100%. And even going even further than that, I love when I want to get even more vulnerable and go super deep, I'll use my email list because I know the people on my email list are mostly people that have subscribed to me for a reason, right? So, and it's kind of a more private place that you can share your thoughts and go deeper. Yeah. What do you think about threads so far? I am absolutely loving threads, to be honest. And I, I didn't even know it was coming. Like, I didn't even know it was going to be a thing. But it kind of popped up one day I joined and I don't know what it is. I'm loving the banter, but I'm also loving people sharing some really strong opinions and thoughts. And it's so short and sweet. So you're kind of seeing the best of what people have to say in, in some regards. And I, I just think that's really powerful. And it started some really great conversations on there as well. I'd love to hear your thoughts as well. Yeah, I love it too. Like similar to you, I didn't know it was coming. It reminds me of, um, was it Beyonce who like dropped a surprise album at midnight one day that no one knew was coming? I feel like it's yeah. Like um, but no, I, again, it feels like a really kind of safe space. I haven't really seen any hate or any kind of like bad attitudes or just bad vibes in general. It feels like people are just hanging out together and having fun without the pressure. And I think there is a lot of pressure as business owners to show up in the right way and say the right things and talk about your offers and, you know, don't share too much of your personal life, but don't sell 100% of the time. And like, there's a lot of rules floating around. And I feel like with threads, because it's new, there's like zero rules. And I think everyone feels a little bit freer. And that's really nice to see. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And one thing that I chose to do is when I when I actually downloaded the app and signed up to it, it asked me, do you want to follow everyone from Instagram? And I actually pressed no. So I was like, it would be, be nice to just, you know, recurate who I'm following and just find new people. And the thing I love is even though I press no, I, you know, I feel like I found my people and they're already the algorithms kind of guided me towards people that I really resonate with. And I've been able to just start following people from scratch who I know have really great things to say, which I think is, that's how you should kind of use social media. You should only follow people who are filling your cup rather than um, spreading any kind of triggering messages for you or any negativity or anything like that. 
Yeah, I feel like it's just reminded people that being yourself is really important because when there is no strategy and no rules, that's all you can do, right? Like you can only be yourself and share your own thoughts and things that you're excited by. And I think that people are seeing a lot more personality in people over on threads because they're not thinking strategically or, you know, what's going to get the most engagement. They're just like saying the thoughts out of their head. And there's something really refreshing about that. Yeah. And it'd be interesting to see if it stays like that, because, you know, as the weeks go on, the months go on, people are going to start to develop strategies and, you know, ways to use the platform in certain ways to benefit them, which is, which is fair enough, but it will be interesting to see if that changes the dynamic of the platform. I, I think it will, but I also kind of hope that it has a impact on other platforms too like maybe people start to show up on Instagram a little bit more vulnerable or a little bit more honest and remembering that human connection is important that's my hope because I just I've been enjoying reading everybody's thoughts so much more than on Instagram where it's all like three tips to do this and five tips to do this and sometimes there's a place for that content of course but not for everything yeah I couldn't agree more I think most people are fed up of seeing that kind of content anyway so I think that's why threads seems to be really popular so far people are are loving this kind of new style of content and you know when tiktok started getting big people were loving that and jumping on that because it was so new and refreshing and even though we had reels um tiktok seemed kind of a different style of video content to what instagram reels were pushing so i think this is kind of a similar thing it's a different way for people to communicate and and yeah so far i think it's great one of the things that you do really well, but I remember you sharing how many like pieces of content you generate a week or something, and it blew my mind. <laughs> how do you do it? Yes. Yes. So one thing that we have really worked on over the, the years is developing a content system. And I always say to my clients, you know, you don't need to produce as much con- content as me right off the bat. It's something that we've worked up to, but we counted and, you know, every kind of month or so we produce around 300 to 400 pieces of content across all the different channels that we're using but that's not to say we're sitting down and creating 300 to 400 pieces of content we have a system and a a way of doing things that means that we work off this one plan every single month and we're able to repurpose our content across a lot of different channels so we're super efficient about it I only spend maybe a couple of hours a month planning the content and a couple of hours filming the content. And then the rest is kind of repurposed across different channels. So for example, I do have team members involved in some of the process. For example, my VA, once I've batch filmed everything into talking videos, for example, my VA will take some of those, turn them into carousels for me and she'll create my reel covers and things like that. And we'll also choose a couple of those pieces to turn into emails. And we'll also choose a couple of those pieces to turn into stories. So that's kind of how it works. And then some of the actual individual pieces of content will just be reposted across different channels. So for example, we repurpose our TikToks into reels. We also post them on, on YouTube Shorts. Since we've done that, we've actually doubled our YouTube subscribers. We also post them to Pinterest. So there's not a ton of effort behind it, but it's more just being really smart and efficient with the repurposing and with the strategy. I love that. It's that thing, isn't it, of like, it sounds really complicated and time consuming, but actually if you're 
strategic about it it can be really simple and easy where would you like let's say someone's listening to this they don't have a team they are start from scratch at the moment they're like chaotically trying to put posts out on all the different platforms it takes them ages like where would you say they should start with getting to kind of where you are now yeah so I always recommend that you start with at least I know most people say you should only use one platform but I actually don't agree I think you should have at least one platform that's going to generate you visibility for example TikTok I'm a huge advocate for TikTok and a platform that's going to help you to nurture and, and make direct sales like Instagram. Instagram's great because we've got DMs, we've got stories and you can link things on your stories. So those two platforms, for example, are great to work together because you can drive the traffic from TikTok to your Instagram. So if you're able to, cre to batch create a month of content, you can literally post that across both channels and you can then literally take, let's say you create um, a few videos a week you could also take two of those videos and turn them into carousels but taking a slightly different angle on what it is you're saying and just changing it into a slightly different content piece by adding more examples for um or adding in analogies or you know just coming at it from a slightly different angle so there you can produce like a whole month of content for two different platforms that have different functions so you can attract the clients and then you can also sell to them I love that. It's so simple, isn't it? But it's just, I think it requires that time that you set aside and you're like, right, I just need to like work out what I'm doing rather than waking up every day and being like, oh my gosh, I need to post on all these different places and constantly like ticking through. Sometimes you just need to have that time to actually plan, come up with your strategy. And then because you've put the work in initially, it saves you work in the long run. 100%. I mean, you have like, once you get into this system, you have no idea how nice it is to have all of your videos filmed for the entire month and you know everything else is kind of running like clockwork so maybe like all i all i do on a weekly basis is once a week i will write my captions for instagram and that takes me maybe one or one and a half hours but everything else like is already done the videos are filmed i have help with the, the graphics and you know even if you don't have help with the graphics that could just be an hour of your time per week as well alongside the captions so you know once it's all running like clockwork that gives you now time to work on other areas of your business developing your offers supporting your clients capacity to take on more clients and all sorts of things and then your content in the background is doing all of the marketing work for you or the majority of the marketing work for you and it should be providing you those leads and and those inquiries for your business where would you say most of your leads come from is it tiktok it's funny it used to be mostly from instagram but i actually sat down and, and like went through it the other day and it's actually 50 50 now i'd say 50 okay. percent well, with the exception of some from referrals, but from my marketing, it's either it's 50% TikTok, 50% Instagram. That's interesting because I have totally avoided TikTok and I think I will continue to avoid it because I just don't want to do it. Do you find that, like, do you look forward to filming the videos? Because I know this is something that comes up a lot for, you know, people who listen to the podcast. It's like, I feel like I should be on TikTok. I feel like I should be doing videos and filming, but I'm not very confident or I don't feel very good in front of the camera. Is it something that comes naturally to you or did that take work? Absolutely not. And, you know, this might surprise some people who see me show up now, but I was terrified. And I've, I'm actually a very, or I was a very shy person. And 
you know, if you're if you would have asked my friends and family back then if they would have imagined me doing something like this or showing up on video, they would absolutely have said no way. And I remember even being scared to post pictures of myself on the feed when I first started. Um, I I had to build up the confidence over time. So it started small. I would show up on Instagram stories maybe like once every couple of weeks. And it's funny, I was looking at those videos because it's all in your archives, right? I was looking at those videos a few months ago and I, I, I looked so terrified and scared and unconfident and not sure of myself at all. And just over time, I did more and more. And then after six months, I did my first live, which was, I almost had a panic attack. It was so nerve wracking. And then now, you know, I'm doing lives all the time. I'm doing masterclasses, group programs, all of this stuff. And now it doesn't even bother me whatsoever. So filming videos for TikTok feels like nothing. I, I just love it because it's so easy to look at people like you and think, oh, she must be a natural. Like it's easy for her to do because she's a natural. But um, like I remember following you years ago and I think it just takes practice, doesn't it? It takes doing it repeatedly until it becomes just second nature, like another thing that's on your to-do list, like doing the laundry. Like it's just one of those things that doesn't cause any negative emotions. Um, but do you ever have days where you think, oh God, I just can't show up today? 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I'm human. And I, I do have those days as well. And, you know, that's the beauty of having your content or batch though, because that means I don't have to constantly be thinking about showing up. I'm not on stories on video every single day anymore. And I think I don't have to be because I show up on video in so many places that I, I, I don't have to be on video every day anymore on my stories for example because I, I have the video presence there and I think it does the job that it needs to do um, but I, I actually remember back when I started Gemma like, like I said before I think we started at the same time I remember seeing you show up on video and thinking wow I wish I was that confident it's so crazy because I have watched my own archives and I just want to like disappear in a hole when I watch myself because I just look <laughs> I look like a little baby. My camera quality is awful. I just, like you said, I look terrified. And I don't know, good on us for doing it when we were terrified, right? Yeah, exactly. But it's crazy, isn't it? We think we aren't doing a good job or we think we don't look good. But then there's other people watching you that are thinking, wow, I wish I could do that. Yeah. And it's, I think it's important to remember that because you always kind of like compare up don't you like you look at the person who's been doing things longer or earning more money or who is more confident you think oh I want to be like that one day and you forget that there are people who are looking at you thinking the same thing and if you're always comparing up like you always feel like you're not getting anywhere or you're not growing but actually when we look at our archives it's like oh wow like I'm a different person 100% and I think the thing that really gets people with showing up on video as well is that they think that the people above them are looking down on them and judging them. Or they think that, you know, they're thinking about their friends and family, which is fair enough. And that, you know, I did all of that as well. But you have to actually think more about who you're trying to target, your target audience, who are you trying to help? Who are you trying to show up as an expert to? Think about them, talk to them and stop worrying about your competitors or the people who you see to be above you or friends and family who actually, even though, you know, they're there to support you, but they're not relevant to this. So you don't need to kind of worry about what they think. You need to just worry about the people that you're trying to help. Yeah. And it's easier said than done, isn't it? But also 
the only way that you're going to get to the point where filming doesn't bother you is if you keep doing it while it does bother you so there isn't really another alternative you've got to do it or you've got to be in fear of it forever 100 percent. and there's only so much mindset work you can do before you actually just have to go and take action and step outside of your comfort zone yeah i totally agree um, I want to like pivot slightly because I want to ask you about something you posted about recently. Um, you were talking about like money marketing and whether you people should share their numbers online. Like, is it good? Is it bad? Is it icky? Whatever. Um, can you talk about your opinion on that? Yeah, one hundred percent. And I'm somebody who have I have shown you know numbers. I have shown um, results and things like that. And I think that this you know some people love it some people hate it I I think it can be really powerful when done in the right way and I think if you're able to do it in a way that kind of teaches your audience something or shows a journey behind what the result is or shows some context as to why you're sharing that then I think it's very powerful it's very inspiring and especially if you're somebody who helps people to make money I, I think it's necessary because how why would somebody or you know people need to know that you can help them do the thing that you're telling them that you can help them to do so if you're somebody who helps with marketing and business for example I, I think it can be really powerful to show that you know with these strategies or these things that I can teach you these are some of the results you could p- possibly have with these strategies and I think that it can also be extremely inspiring. So when I started in the online space, I remember the very first thing I wrote in my journal was I want to make 500 pounds a month. And I set the bar very low because I had never been exposed to, you know, the kind of money that's available to make in the online space. So I set the bar very, very low. And it wasn't until I started reading some of these big successes, these big wins, these numbers, and seeing the context behind them, that I started to believe that that was possible for me. And then I started to go for bigger goals. I started to write bigger goals in my journal. And that eventually manifested after putting the work in to get there. So if that hadn't been around, I would never have gone after that myself. And my clients say exactly the same thing to me. Sometimes they come to me and they're like, you know, I'm scared to share financial wins. And I will say to them, you know, did you even know this was possible for you? And they said, no, the only way I knew it was possible is because I saw other people do it. So I I really do think it's needed to be spoken about, to be honest. I totally agree because like, I understand why people don't like it. Like I get where that comes from, but I'm very similar to you in that I didn't realize this was possible until I saw other people do it. And when I saw people talking about big numbers, my thought process was like well if they can do it then maybe I can do it and that was what inspired me and I don't I genuinely don't know if I would have the business I have now if it wasn't for that because I didn't grow up around business owners I didn't know anybody who was earning more than like 20 30k a year and so to me I didn't really know it was doable and I think it was seeing other people talk about that that made me realize it might be doable for me so I personally really enjoy it and I think the other thing is that like you said if you help people make money you kind of need to talk about the results you get people because if you were looking for like a driving instructor, their version of that would be, I have a 99% pass rate on the first driving test or something. And nobody would look at that and think that was icky, but it's the same thing in that it's demonstrating the results that they get their clients. And if you're a business coach and you help people make more money, 
you talking about your numbers or your clients numbers is kind of the same thing but I think people just have such a complex relationship with money that quite often there are like projections onto the other person which is just so complicated and I don't think you can win really you're always going to annoy somebody 100% I definitely think it comes down to that and you know it's like a fitness coach showing their client results and showing how much their client lost in x amount of time so if you know if you're a business coach or a marketing coach and you're sharing how many you know how how much my client made in x amount of time it's the same thing but like you said people do feel weird about talking about money uh, or even reading about it because we we have been conditioned that it's not okay to talk openly about money particularly in the UK it's a very taboo thing and I I think also if you are somebody who's worked in a corporate culture or even just a nine to five you won't you're not allowed to talk about your salaries with other people or it's very much frowned upon and I genuinely believe that companies have created this culture because they don't want people discussing salaries so that if there are any inequalities you know they don't want people to know about those they don't want that to be public knowledge so we've been kind of you know told that we should keep hush hush about it and I think that's translated over to everyone basically so I think that's one of the the things that's kind of caused this yeah and I think on the flip side when I haven't talked about how much I make I think that a lot of people assume that what I do isn't like real or legit or something because it's like oh yeah business coach okay and they kind of roll their eyes and think it's some sort of like dodgy MLM or some sort of like thing that I'm telling myself I do but it's just a hobby that's not making money and and I think actually sometimes people need to see that you're earning money to believe that it's real um and I kind of wish it wasn't like that I wish I could just say I'm a business coach and people don't assume that means anything dodgy or make any assumptions about it but I have found that when I really try and avoid talking about how much I make people kind of assume I'm not making anything, which is like, it's just as hard, right? It's hard on both ends of the scale. Do you think there is an answer? Yeah, that's an interesting one. And I I think it's probably the industry that's caused that to be the case, because I guess, you know, that some of, I think what's happened is there are business coaches out there who haven't actually run a business before you know they they probably don't have that much experience and and they're marketing themselves as business coaches and that's where people start to kind of look negatively upon the industry and think you know they're being scammed you know there's a lot of these words being thrown around but I think that's where people are like right I need to find someone who is openly talking about their results because otherwise I might you know, fall prey to somebody who actually doesn't have the experience to help me. So I think that's probably where that comes from. I'm not sure what the answer is, you know, if, if, you know, even if you are someone who's a a great business coach or successful, I'm not sure what the answer would be, I guess, um, showing your, your client's successes in other ways, I guess, because it's not all about how much money you make, it is also about building a business that aligns with your values, or, um, building a business that is having an impact on people in all of these things. I, I think that's also an important thing. Um, so I know that some people are definitely going to be attracted to that kind of marketing and not just the money marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really true. And I think we all have to adapt, don't we? Like as the industry changes, we 
adapt and we figure out what people want to see next and maybe there is a shift in what people want to see in terms of the results that we talk about and the good thing is that because we run our own businesses we get to we get to decide what we want to share and we get to either decide actually people don't like it anymore I'm going to share something slightly different or you get to decide actually I still love it and I'm going to do it and the clients who come my way are going to love it um so it's a hard one I don't think there's an answer like you say but I think you are a really good example of how you can do it and it doesn't feel gross because I've never looked at your content and thought like how dare she you know (laughs) I look at it and I think she's doing a great job you know and I kind of like celebrate you from a distance so I think that it's just one of those where there will always be people who love it and always be people who hate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you. I'm glad to hear that that it doesn't ick you out. <laughs> no, I'm always looking. I'm like, oh, I want to be drinking out of a coconut in like Bali or wherever <laughs> you are. So it's only motivational. But um, okay, I've got one final question for you. What is your biggest struggle in the business right now? So right now what I'm working on is building out my team and I'm not going to lie. It's not easy to find the right people because, you know, I, I, I'm going to tell a story. Actually, I recently hired somebody to help me with um, managing my DMS and, and doing DM sales. And it was a completely failed investment on my part. And I spent around 2000 us dollars um, with the impression that, this person, you know, was a very good salesperson, would probably make me a return on investment very easily. And it just ended up being a complete disaster. So I ended up ending the contract early, lost the $2,000 that I spent and, you know, now um, doing that role myself again, which is absolutely fine because I feel like it's something I'm I'm good at and and it works for me. But that was me attempting to, you know, outsource some things so I can take back some of my time so I I'm lucky that I do have a couple of really good team members but as you scale obviously you need to keep building that team and you know keep finding people who are on the same page as you who share your vision who are actually invested in your business and I'm not gonna lie it is tough to find the right people so I think that at the moment is probably the biggest struggle but I'm lucky that I'm working with an amazing mentor at the moment who is supporting me in in this area if anyone else was listening and they're going through like their first or maybe their second hire, what would you say is your one piece of advice based on your kind of like good hires and your not so good hires so far? Yeah, so I would say that if you can find somebody who is fully invested in your business, who pays attention, and I'm going to give an example, actually, one of my team members is amazing and she she basically does a few things for me she does my blog she does my emails and she does help me with some other marketing tasks but the thing with this team member is she she pays attention to everything I'm doing in my business so I don't need to tell her things like she will take initiative she will like if she's writing an email she'll put things in the email that I didn't even tell her about because she's just been listening to what I've been saying she's been paying attention she's been looking at the assets that I have and she just does an amazing job and if you can find somebody like that hang on to them for dear life because that's that's an amazing team member somebody who can take initiative like that where did you find that team member she actually was a past client of mine um like a couple of years back so she's been in my world for a while now um and she really knows what she's doing 
um but like I didn't realize how good she would be until I until I actually hired her and yeah I definitely appreciate her so much I I love that you said she was a previous client because I had the most incredible VA who sounds very similar to your team member and that was a similar situation where because she'd followed me for so long and she knew all the programs I was launching and all that kind of stuff she was like a real fan of everything I was doing and so she didn't have to like fake that she was interested in working with me because she fully was behind it all and like she was really excited for me and I think that's the thing that makes a real difference that like you want someone who genuinely cares about the work that you're doing and is really excited about it whereas I think a lot of people they hire for like skills and experience which is important too but you can get new skills and new experience you can't like force someone to be excited about your business can you exactly yeah and I think one thing that I've done in the past actually when I've you know put out like an application form for people to apply is I've just asked a simple question. I've dropped my Instagram link and said, why do you think we should, we would be a good fit together? And it's interesting how many people didn't bother to say anything personal, but the people who did, you know, they actually took the time to look at my Instagram, get to know what, what my business was about. And they actually found things that we had in common. They found things that, you know, they would actually be a good fit for me. That's what made them stand up to me. So if you're somebody who's, you know, going out there um, looking for roles, make sure that you're personalized and you actually stand out and you actually have done your research about that person because otherwise they're not going to want to hire you. Yeah, that's such great advice. It makes such a difference, doesn't it? Where you feel like someone has actually gone above and beyond and actually cares rather than just sending applications out left, right and center. Like it just, oh, it makes such a difference. Well, thank you so much for just coming and chatting with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Gemma. I've really enjoyed this. Where can people come and find you? Yeah, so come find me on Instagram, ClaudiaWoodham underscore. And you can also go to my website, ClaudiaWoodham.co.uk. Amazing. I'll put all the links in the show notes. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gemma.